Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Rhetoric. Berto is your host. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Where are my peeps? I see Bridge MCP in the chat. I think I saw a message from Lee Grant. Oh, it looks like our retransmitter must be having some issues because I see inside of one feed uh, that that uh, Lee Grant says, hey, y'all, but it didn't make it over. Likewise, we have Para Ver Quien Más Está Aquí. Bridge MCP, Eric Hayes, but your messages are not going on into my aggregator. Facebook is not going into the aggregator, but YouTube is and E2 and, um, and Twitch is. So, um, if I miss your messages, you know why it's because the aggregator for some reason is not picking up all of my message, not coming to the tube. Yeah. It's not going, I'm not getting the, uh, Facebook messages. Apparently they are. Some, something is happening. But anyhow, welcome aboard, E2247. Welcome aboard, BGMCP. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, uh, Bruce Pollard. I thought I saw in the house. I'm pretty sure I saw El Senor Pollard in the house as well. Let me make sure before I get started completely with the program. Lee Grant is there as well. I want to make sure all our peeps are saluted because you know what I feel. Oil is way up. Oh, the price of oil went up today. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I haven't seen that message yet, uh, but let's continue. Oh, Bruce is here. Yes, I thought I saw Bruce. I don't see him on the YouTube. I think I see him on the other channel. Uh, let me go ahead and get to the, let's see what's going on here. Bear with me, folks, as I kind of get things together here. You know how that goes. Anyhow. All right, great. I I can't see everybody for some reason on the screen. I am going to see if there is any magical way for me to do this. I don't see that. Uh, I don't see it there. But anyhow, we're going to get busy with the program. I'll just try to keep both of them open and see if I can... When a new message comes in, I'll, I'll, I'll seek for it. Anyhow, had a great show at uh, KPFT today. Look, I had, I think, six callers. Six, let me see. Six callers, uh, three progress, four, uh, three conservatives, and three progressives. Uh, one was Jamaican. One was uh, a member of the of the the program, and then there's one other person. I don't remember the person's name, but it was amazing. I I actually drew three three. I mean, and, and we are in fun. We. Today was the last drive day of fun drive. Uh, again, Egberto, is YouTube just changed services? I don't know what you mean by change services. Let me know what you mean by that. What, what do you mean by YouTube change services? Because I, I would like to know. No, I'd like to know if there's some issue on our side that we need to talk to uh, Restream about. Uh, but anyhow, anyhow, we're going to have a great show for you today. I want to start the show today with uh, uh, a local politician 
I played this at KPFT. I had her, her at KPFT, rather. But the reason I want to play her is I want to show you all what good government is supposed to look like when somebody truly believes in the work that they're doing. So what I want to do is play uh, uh, Tanisha Headspeed, who is a county clerk. And I was so very impressed with what she does and how she has changed the county clerk's office to make it work for everybody. So check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We have a great program for you today, folks. In the house with us today is the one and only county clerk of Harris County, Tanisha Hutzped. Before I even ask her to say anything, I have a few words that I want to say. We constantly hear about the government, the government not doing what the government is supposed to do and government is not good and all these issues. One of the things I like to stress is if you want good government, you have to have good people in government. If you want good government, you have to have people who believe that government can be good. That is a must. And after going to a couple of programs and listening to what the county clerk does, I went and I saw Tanisha Hetzpet and I could not have left more impressed with somebody who wanted government to work. That's a mistake. Somebody who has made your local government work. Tanisha Hetzpet, welcome to Politics Done Right at KPFT. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Good morning or afternoon. I guess it's afternoon at it is an absolute pleasure and honor. When I first met you, a previous clerk uh, was serving and I was the chief deputy and I didn't know I'd be sitting in this chair, but I am. And what a pleasure it is to come talk to you about back to basics, right? Government and how we're making it work for the people of Harris County. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it, it's amazing because I first heard about you from uh, from Diane Trotman, who was your predecessor. And, and you know, in speaking, she came out of Kingwood and speaking to her, she said the, the, that person that that's going to take over, she's going to take this office places. She's going to serve the community like you guys have never seen the community serve before. And, you know, living in, in areas where we are, where we don't see good government, it's hard to, or rather where people don't believe that good government sure. exists, it's hard to see it. So I tell you what, let's begin by telling Harris County, what's the purpose of having a county clerk? Absolutely. That's a really good question. We're sitting in the historical third ward and I'm a gra proud graduate of Texas Southern University. So it brings me great solace to be sitting in this home right here in this community. Um, there is county clerks in every single county in all 254 counties in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Harris County is the largest county in the state of Texas and county clerks are all over the place doing great work work. From the time you're born to the time that you're making major decisions in your life, you come to the county clerk's office. Let mm -hmm. me tell you what that means. What that means is when you start your business, you file and record your DBA. You're doing business ass with the county clerk's office. When you decide to get married, guess what? We make a lot of love connections in mm -hmm. Harris County because you actually get your marriage license through the county clerk's office. And sometimes we coordinate with the county judges to waive that fee for you to get your marriage license and then go get married in a courtroom almost immediately. We handle all vital records, birth records, 
So if you had children recently or you've lived in the state of Texas, we disseminate birth records to everybody, even death records, because at some point we all have to take that road. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we also handle real property records. So if you own property here in Harris County, we have your deed or copy of your deed, plats and maps. We service and support the four civil court, the four probate courts and commissioner's court. I know I said a uh, earful. Let me tell you one of the most favorite parts of this. And you can call me a nerd all you want. Right. Nah. As we withhold all the historical records in Harris County and the clerk's office, these records go back to the early 1800s. Whoa. And uh, one of the things I've been doing is finding out how we get the history of Harris County out with many entities. I'm sure KPFT is somewhere yes, in that record. There. Right. Absolutely. And um, and so, again, we, we do we do so every type of important document in Harris County. We are filing, recording it and, and making it easier. If you are a veteran and you have uh, you have your DD-214, you can file and record that with our office. And we're launching a Think of Veteran program that wow. I'll be able to share with our county. We're asking small businesses to sign up and service your veterans by giving them a discount or something of that nature. Now, here's one that always gets people is we record animal brands. <laughs> really? Most folks have no clue. And guess what? If you live in Texas, or if you're just driving up 288, what do we see? Fields of cattle all right. over this county. And so surprisingly enough, sometimes we get livestock that gets out and they need to come track that brand to see who owns it. And so I say, call me a nerd because I've worked in the office for 17 years. Um, the only thing we don't do anymore that we did for many years was run elections and conducting for Harris County. That's changed slightly. Uh, but one thing that doesn't change is marriages, births, deaths, <laughs> businesses, and all these other ways that we service the county. Well, I'm going to I'm going to shock you here for something that I know that you probably didn't think that I know. And this is uh, one of the issues uh, we talk about having good government is knowing where your people are and knowing the needs yes. of your people. And you did something that I think other counties would want to mimic uh, probably sooner than later. And that is uh, opening your office on yes. the weekends for people who, you know, work 24 seven during the week. And you yes. said, well, you know, how can we serve? these people without them having to take off from the, their jobs, lose wages, etc. How can we help that? Tell us a little How bit about that. How do we help that? You know, one of the things that we all know is COVID's changed our world forever. One piece of that is how do people get these records done without just coming into our office? So one of the first things we did was make sure that we could put the process in place where you can order that birth record mm-hmm. online and have it on your doorsteps in one or two days. But a year ago, my son was starting kindergarten and I took for granted, hey, I can just go to the third floor, get this birth record and get them registered to, for school. Mm-hmm. And it had dawned on me, what about all the parents that are working maybe one or two jobs or are shift workers and can't get to our offices Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30? What if we open our doors on a Saturday for working class families? So my staff kind of looked at me and said, no, we've never done that, but let's give it a try. And what we learned, we did it at two of our office locations, our downtown and one of our community annexes in off of the Chimney Rock. And hundreds and hundreds of working class families families showed up to get those birth records for their children. And I said, oh, looks like we have an annual program. Let's do this again. So we did it again. We did a couple of more community annex locations 
And we had people standing in line two hours before the doors open to get that. I would say making county government work for you was what we call our back to school birth certificate Saturdays. So now this is an annual program every year prior to the school year where we'll open up our annexes in some of our offices and just get documents to people that they need them. And this year we were nationally international recognized for just a back to basics program, right? So county clerks in other counties, where you at? Start your back to school birth certificates. <laughs> county clerk Tanisha Hedsford. Tanisha, one of the things that I like to, that I really speak about that, that really gives me angst is um, we, we have a, a sect in this country and not only the country, but here in the city and the county, et cetera, that continuously uh, demeans government, not understanding that government is we, the people. That's right. And if uh, we are responsible for those we elect, if I see somebody that seems to be interested in making lives better, and I, I loved what, I mean, I believe of, of all the things that I read, when I heard that story about Saturday, that touched the heart because oh, yeah. again, it is a county official not saying I am sticking with uh, eight to four thirty. You, you know, in other words, right. it's not, it's not top down. It's how do we help the people? Where did you get that? The impetus to do that kind of a stuff. Yeah. So I have to tell you, my mother was a single parent raising me and she was one of those people that worked two jobs and would have been very difficult for her to get those services on a weekday. Mm -hmm. And so a little bit of that, I've served in community way before I was ever in elected office and I knew what community needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you think about COVID and all of the many obstacles that our community has gone through over the couple of years, you're constantly thinking, how do we evolve? And look, one thing I know about county government, We've all been in a situation where we've been transferred five times and we've been on hold for 20 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Not a good practice. We've always been to a building or a courthouse where you're intimidated because it's so overwhelming and you don't know how to talk to. And you may have not come across the most friendly person in county government. So I knew innately before becoming elected that we had to kind of turn the tables and pivot the tables on how our community experienced county people and county government. So one of the things we first did was customer service training for all of our people. When you come in, you get a smile and you have someone there in our hallways off of the elevator directing you. Hey, are you in the right place? Can I help you? How can I get that done? We monitor our wait times on the phone and in the building so that you're not standing there, especially if you're trying to get something done during right. your lunch break, right? Exactly. And you're in a crunch. Um, you know, we're monitoring online services, our phone services, because we don't want to talk to angry customers. Mm-hmm. We want to talk to customers who are saying, man, that was efficient. And, and the people were smiling. And so changing the frame of how um, our constituents experience county government starts with me. It starts with the person that asking for your vote and saying, these are the things that I'm going to do. And then you hold me accountable to that. That's how it should be across the board in Harris County. And so we just kind of got started pretty quickly on let's change the tides and the turn of how customer service is relatable, how we service everybody in an equitable way. And no one feels alien when they come to county government, especially the Harris County Clerk's Office. There's some there's some empathy that's necessary when you are serving the people. And there's something that you just said in that narrative you provided right there when you said I came from a single mother uh, who likely would not have uh, been able to come to the to the to your where you are running right right now and into the county clerk's office and 
it, it, it tells me, you know, last night I watched much of the Pennsylvania debate and watching Dr. Oz as smooth as he could answer a rustic guy who has actually, I mean, he came from there. He decided to live a rustic type life, but he had empathy for, or he has empathy for the people that, you know, the 80% of Americans that are living mouth to, I mean, checkbook to mouth. You, you know that yeah, innately. Paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Oh, yeah. You know that innately. I mean, it is so important that uh, I'm not saying that you have to have come from uh, poverty or single motherhood or any of these issues to make. But experience good, matters. But experience yeah. matter and empathy. And empathy. That because absolutely. you have to be able to see through the eyes of those that are that are not necessarily that way. And and I, I tell you, like I said, in, in listening to you, I mean, I, I sat down, I, I listened to one of the, 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 the speeches you gave online and I, I kept on like, Wow. We need to create the template of good government and show what That's good right. government looks like. That's so. right. And here are the untold stories of county government. I talked about marriage licenses and most people think, oh, that's incredible. And marriage is such a happy time. But the truth is a matter. Sometimes we are coming to make final wishes for mm-hmm. someone. We get a call from a terminally ill uh, constituent and they their final wishes is to marry someone. It's our clerks that show up to that hospice right. or show up to that home to execute that. So you have to have empathy to do that type of work, right? And truth of the matter, during COVID, everyone wasn't getting married because they were excited. They needed insurance. Um, And so these are the applicable day-to-day issues that our constituents, that our nation deals with. But you saw that. You saw that you had to expedite these marriages because they didn't have insurance. That's right. Now think about somebody that has always worked for corporate America, has Uh, the best insurance in in, in the planet. You don't care about whether it takes two weeks as opposed to two months to get your stuff done? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I'm talking about constituents, but I have about 270 people that work in the Harris County Clerk's mm-hmm. Office. We have a downtown office and then we have 10 annexes around this county. Their lives and the work they do important to me, I always say, you're a reflection of me. I'm a reflection of you. Right. So we have to put safety measures in place. You know, when, when it was COVID, we had to put plexiglass in our public counters to protect our employees and the people that they right. serve. And the better you protect them and you take care of the inside, then they're really going to do a good job of taking care of the outside. So it works twofold. Well, look, let me tell you, Tanisha, even though we're in fun drive after um, speaking and seeing that video online, I said I wanted to get you in here because it's important for our audience. As, as we are in fun drive to actually see the kind of work that we do, and That's we are right. honored to have somebody of, you know, of your stature in here, somebody who believes in government, somebody right. who knows that government is there to serve for everybody, for everybody. For everybody. And I just ploy, I'm sure the program is talking about this right now. We're right in the middle of early voting. Today is day three of early voting. It ends November 4th. So don't wait. I mean, if you want to wait to election a day, sure. November 8th, knock it out, but you can early vote between now and November 4th. The ballot is long. So we want citizens to be prepared. You can get your sample ballot and find what location is closest to you and uh, just be prepared to vote. Make your voice be heard right? You can't complain if you don't do your part. You have to do your part. Tanisha Headspet County Clerk, Harris County. It's Thank been you my- so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to share what county government looks like in the clerk's office. Well, well actually, you just shared a tiny bit. You, you'll be back because I mean, yes. I, we need to make sure that our Harris County constituents really understand 
that this county serves That's right. and how it serves. And how it serves. Your largest county. We set the best practices for the way the state of Texas should be serving. And I'm confident. I talk to my county clerks all over the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. We are all here to do good work and service the people. I say it's an, it's recording all the major events of your life, but now we're making an office that works for you. Absolutely. Thank you so kindly, Tanisha. Headspace, so it's been a much. pleasure having you at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. We, yeah, uh, uh, let me say it. Tanisha Hetzpet is the epitome of what a public servant is supposed to be. And I can't tell you, um, just looking at how she's uh, revolutionized the, uh, the, um, county clerk's office, it, 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 it shows you when you elect people who really believe in government and that government should be working for you, what you can actually get. You can get good government coming out of the results they present. Anyway, anyway, folks, um, I, I'm, I'm having to go through two different mailers now because for some reason I'm not getting uh, the Facebook um, messages from uh, from Facebook into you in, into my multi level messaging stuff. Robert Davenport, welcome aboard. Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard. Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. Um, Carl Cox, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. E2247, welcome aboard. Now over Mike Cisak on the other side of the, in the Facebook side. Welcome to you, Mike Cisak. And uh, let's see if I'm missing anybody. If I miss anybody, just drop it at the end again and we'll go from there. Okay, let's see what we have here. Future of Human Climate Niche, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Climate conditions, human use as well. Thank you for the link. Humans concentrates a narrow subset of available Earth climates with mean temperature between 13 degrees C, which is 55.4 Fahrenheit by 2070. One to three billion people to be outside of the climates humanity used in the past 6,000 years. That's going to be interesting. All right, let's see what else we got here. The Earth's reflective drop was such a surprise to us when we analyzed the last three years of data after 17 years of nearly flat albedo. Uh, What else we've got here? Uh, Bruce is here, is what Bruce says. Uh, Also, Carl Cox says the leadership of the Democratic Party aren't fighting the good fight against Republican Party lies. Spend the money to save democracy in America. Sanders, AOC and Warren can't do it alone. Lee Grant says, has anyone personally had any trouble voting? I have not. I don't know anybody who has. Somebody called up and complained about that, that talking about being having problems voting. And I had to kind of explain to her, we can't look at it through our eyes. Those of us who have locations, that's easy to vote. Whether there are voting problems, yes. Yes, there are voting problems. Melanie Keelan is here. Welcome, Melanie. Lee Grant, also per- persuasive barrier. I love that name. Persuasive barrier should never be about believing in polls, only driving the vote. Believing in polls is just thoughts and prayers. That is the message of the day. Persuasive barrier should never be about believing in polls, only driving the vote. Believing in polls is just thoughts and and prayers. Thank you for that one. Okay, we have here from um, going to the other screen now. Uh, Eric Hay says Georgia record numbers vote in midterms. Amazing. That may be good for Democrats, actually. If your record numbers of people voting, oh, oh, look out. 
Uh, Mike C. Sysak Maywood, every person I know signs off on documents along with witnesses, which serves as a legal document. Every religious organization I know do this. There's also justice of the peace. We don't need an extra license by government. You mean to, for, to create marriages? Well, that would be great. Then that means anybody could go and say, you know, we are a couple and we want to be treated with the grants given to couples. Jerry Lee Lewis, rest in peace. Wasn't Jerry Lee Lewis dead already? My bad. If I'm saying something out of hand, my bad. But I thought he was. I could be wrong. All right. What else we got here? Uh, Bri says, Ola Ashley hanging in the background. I know it's a tape. Yeah, she, she, she's been hanging with me. She's been hanging with me. Uh, let's see what else now. I would like to think individual clerks might be uncomfortable, but I'm sure that someone else, someone else would take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I think it goes back to when people had to take care of blood tests before marriage, but the licenses provides people rules. If you will be for maybe divorce and health houses, etc. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, folks, uh, we have another good one to show you about polls. Given that our our friend Persuasive Barrier had something to say about polls, I think it's the right time. Uh, look, anybody looking at the polls today can go crazy. Some some polls say somebody's up. Some polls say somebody's down. Here's the thing: likely voter model polls, you can't. You can't count them. Registered voter model polls, better, but also you can't count them right now. And that is because we don't know of those registered voters who are going to vote. We don't know what the factors are in this election. Exactly. Uh, yes, Tom C., the problem is that we are not getting the Facebook to go over into uh, YouTube and vice versa. It seems like Restream IO is having a problem. That's a company that I pay to put all this stuff together, put the messages together and Restream to several different networks at the same time. Sorry about that. So let's talk about polls. Uh, you have some polls that are up, some polls that are down. We don't know which poll is correct because, again, we don't know what the likely voter model poll says. And the likely voter model poll is what the actual voters are going to look like. So here is a little message from uh, Michael Steele. I think it's prescient. Let's listen to it and then we'll take it on the other side. Many Democrats, including some in the White House, are starting to feel pressure as we look at more polls. How much are you trusting the polls right now? When you think about all these new people, even in the last six months that registered to vote, it's all young people. And last I checked, young people, they don't even take calls from their mothers. I can't imagine they take calls from pollsters. <laughs> I think this is going to be um, a, a, a very important moment for polling in this country after this election, because you're going to see just how whack it all was. There are folks out there who, who are not getting captured by polls right now. There are MAGA report, uh, uh, you know, uh, people who are being asked questions who aren't telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth about where their vote is going to go and what they're doing. Um, and the same is true um, for, for independents and, and others out there who don't trust that element of the system because of how it's used to manipulate 
manipulated and so forth. So people don't trust it. But then you have this whole other group of people who aren't even captured. Young people, especially who are on their cell phones. They don't, you know, this, this technology has not, you know, well, polling hasn't caught up to this technology in a way in which you capture those voters. So I, I think the reality of it is, and I said this uh, a little bit earlier today, and I think it's important to know. So everybody just needs to chill out on election night, right? Because there are 12 million people who've already voted and are voting currently. That number is probably going to hit by the time early voting's over across the country, Steph. Probably close to 15 million people. That's a lot of people. That's an unprecedented number of people Mm -hmm. to vote early in an off-year election, right? What that means election night is that the numbers that come in are not the final result, folks. That's just the beginning because in a lot of states, these early votes aren't going to get counted until after the polls close. And so we all just need to take a chill pill, grab a nice little bottle of vino, turn on Steph late 11 o'clock at night, and then we do late night with Stephanie. Oh, baby, that's going to be an election and a half. We, uh, Michael, I love Michael Steele, you know, and now that now that he's actually not uh, trying to run all the tricks that Republicans normally run. I, I like the way he 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 rolls right now, but he's absolutely right. Um, we're not going to know a, a lot of results until probably the day after or the day after or the day after. And in the case, we come down to a 49 50 Senate with Atlanta not called. It's going to be rough. Waiting to see what it's going to be. It's going to be rough waiting to see what it's going to be. So here's the deal, people. Here's the deal. I don't trust the polls. I personally cannot believe that we are going to have Americans that are going to vote for people who don't have their interests at hand. So therefore, I'm going to continue doing the work that I need to do, and that is Keep promoting the message, both in print, on the air, online, and elsewhere, and pray that enough. And when I say pray, I don't mean the kind of pray people talk about, but the expectation is that everybody else would get the message and vote their personal economy. Persuasive Barrier says, I accidentally deleted my message. I just wanted to see uh, what the... Okay, here we go. Robert Davenport says, I have been polled very often on my landline, never on my cell phone. Polls cannot be trusted. The questions are too shallow, way too often. Uh, E2247, Michael Steele seems good-hearted. I think he is. I think he always has. Bridge MCP says, polls are too small, not enough people. And yes, the questions are silly. Uh, Tom C. still having problems because it's going to remain that way. Apparently, we're not going to get our messages transferred to YouTube. I mean, from from Facebook to YouTube and vice versa. Uh, Persuasive Barrister Steals gives good vibes at a time where there's a lot of snakes. And let me tell you, if you listen to my show today on KPFT, where we had three different uh, conservatives call in, that is what I'm really trying to promote right now. Us having conversation, you know, uh, I have how many conservatives in the house right now? Right now, I got Daniel Lado, Eric Hayes, Lee Grant, Mike Cisak. Four conservatives, four strong conservatives in the house, you know, and I love having them here because 
they learn here. We we get a few bits of information from them. Notice I said a few bits of information because guys, I don't know what you guys have been reading. I don't know what polls you guys have been reading, but it doesn't matter. We're here. We're here. Anyway, it's past time for me to go ahead and do my ask. So let me go ahead and do my ask. And then we have one more video to put out there. Uh, I don't think oh, we, we didn't see Michael Rudnan today. We're missing Michael Rudnan, but here's my ask. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel. Going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics. Now, I didn't have a lot to say today about uh, the intruder that came looking for Nancy Pelosi, but instead uh, busted up the head of her 80-something-year-old husband. Um... It's pathetic. Um, it's sort of the it's it's sort of the violence that a lot of the Trumpian rhetoric has created. I know already. I'm going to hear folks talk about. Don't forget the baseball game where Salis got shot. That's horrendous as well. Okay, but right now the impetus for violence is coming from the right. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that. Um, so let's, let's try, let's try to be more understanding. Uh, I can't believe Daniel Ledo said that. Yes, more guns, less illegal immigration, more cops. Hmm. Simplistic, eh? Um, here, here's the thing. Lee, I don't trust let me let me show you how how bad thinking how horrendous thinking how indoctrinated thinking works and I'm, I'm going to accuse you of that Lee Grant listen to this yesterday I played you a story a fact based story 
where you could understand that red states had 40% more murders than blue states. And we're not talking blue areas in red states. We're talking red states in general. And there's a reason why. Easy access to guns. Not that blue state people are better than red state people or, or less violent than red state. None of that. None of that. It's, it's policy. Humans are humans. If you notice what I told my conservatives on KPFT today, because a woman, a, 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 woman, a, a, a Mexican immigrant called in. She's a U.S. citizen now. And she wanted, she, she gets upset the way we treat conservatives as racists, right? And I think I've told you guys before, America is America. Whether you are progressive, Democrat, Republican, conservative, if I made a statistical analysis of all these people, I will grant you that conservatives are no more racist than progressives. There's a difference, however. Progressives try to create policies that are non-racist because they want to have that, that feeling of we want to move forward, we want to progress. Conservatives love this stuff known as status quo. Conservative, conserve. We like the way things are. We want to move back to the way things used to be. But in one's heart, I mean, I have very deep conservative friends that are not in the least racist. But, but the policies they stand for, they just can't empathize to see the racial overtones that they have. My progressive friends now would be, they, some of them would fight harder for things that I believe in. And not only that, some of them will get on my case for giving several conservatives what they think is a pass. And they will get on my case. What's wrong with you? And I would give them the classic example. If you take a look at Bussin, when Bussin occurred in this country, the most violent attacks on Bussin occurred in Boston, Northeast, progressive town. A lot of people, when they were trying to move into Logan'stown, or, or there, there, there was this big, big, big neighborhood being built in Pennsylvania. Folks like me couldn't move in. It was legal for us to move in. It wasn't legal in the South, but it was legal in the North. But the hearts weren't there to bring people. So the way I deal with people is to un is understand folks on a personal level. Are you a racist? I, that's the first thing, right? Are you racist, Republican or Democrat? It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Like I said, if you were to take a poll a poll that can analyze these things in both the progressive space and the Republican space, I think you would be shocked to find out that America is America. America is America. And when we get there, when we get there, we can really start doing something about those things that, those things that really separate and break us apart. 
It's what I'm here for, man. I believe in, I honestly believe in us working together to get problems solved. And not only that, to liking each other, because racism is a stupid thing. And remember, there's a difference between racism and prejudice, but we'll go over that another day. I have to be, I, they have to teach me that all the time. All right. Uh, Persuasive Barry said, it's very hard to deal with the news of today when so many are read to discuss the news of the old. I get no enjoyment informing conservatives that red states deal with more violent than blue ones, but they are the ones projecting you have to call it out. That's what I do. I gave the entire example that the most violent states in this country are red states. Okay. I mean, the numbers just, I mean, and, and if it were just a statistical blip, you could say, ah, that's just a statistical error, but it's not a statistical blip. There is just more violence in red states. And there's a policy reason why it's not that red state people are worse than blue state. The, uh, the, the, the policies that they promote are conducive to, to, to violence. Robert Davenport says, Daniel, hoping that for tribunals, Ledo is a version of the violence and threats that endanger the American democracy. The constant reference by him to tribunals is a direct threat. Report it. Look, let me, if, uh, I just got some junk inside of uh, uh, YouTube, some sexy stuff in YouTube. Please clean that up, my dear friends. Um, all right. Persuasive barrier. Uh, Peggy Lopez says, hey, Peggy, welcome to Politics and Right. Peggy says a letter was received at the Santa Fe office of the conservation voters uh, for, of New Mexico containing a chemical substance of a potent toxin used in terrorist attacks. The FBI determined was inert. I'm glad it was inert. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Robert Davenport, I wanted to so many times. Okay, I hear you. 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 All right, let's see what else I got here in the feed that I can make sure and read your stuff. Uh, you're having the same problem as the Philly message at the debate. I don't know what you're talking about. Oil prices about five fifty a gallon. Uh, we are pay. I just paid two dollars and ninety two cents a gallon for gas. Uh, but are you, are you saying that oil prices went up bridge? Harry Kate's powerful words from a billionaire. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of the civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated on a healthy manner without resorting to violence. Must continue. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right wing and, and left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide or Society. So what was Donald Trump doing on Twitter? I wonder what must believes Trump was doing on Twitter. Maywood says, good afternoon. Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked. Yes, he was. And that's what we spoke about before. All right. What time is it? All right. Got a little bit of time to do this here. I want to play you why what we think Democrats need to be doing right now. And this was a conversation between uh, Stephanie Rule, Michael Steele. And Capehart, Jonathan Capehart. Check this out. Folks, I want you to listen to what Rokana had to say, which makes a lot of sense. But more importantly, why is it that we are not stressing the great economic messages? Are 11 days or 13 days too late to do it? I don't think it is. Listen to what Michael Steele has to say, and then we'll take it on the other side because it is rather important. 
we've got such a simple case to make. We're bringing manufacturing home. We're actually helping the working class. They're running on trustonomics. They're literally running on what bankrupted the British. They're saying that they want tax cuts. They're saying they want to cut Social Security. How are we not winning the economic argument when they're running on exactly what Britain did? Got a point. 13 days until the midterm election. So how about making it more while Republicans are hitting Democrats hard on the economy and inflation? Experts don't expect Republican plans to even help. The New York Times reporting, quote, many economists say some of what Republicans are proposing, tax cuts for high earners and businesses, could actually make price pressures worse by pumping more money into the economy. Mr. Capehart, if Democrats' message is as simple as Congressman Khanna told me, why don't they talk about it more? I mean, if senior citizens realized Social Security was at risk, if people who couldn't make ends meet knew that Republicans want to cut taxes for high earners, they would be certainly feeling a lot better about the Democrats' message. Well, sure, but I think the problem is it's not like the administration or the president isn't talking about all of these good economic numbers and good economic news. It's just that um, people aren't listening. You have an entire television network somewhere else on the dial that won't even cover any of this stuff. And then you look at the, the public opinion polls, and when folks are asked, who do you trust with the economy, they say Republicans. Now, a lot of that has to do with pain at the gas pump, which is not, I'm, I'm not discounting that at all, high inflation, these are all things that hit folks right in the pocketbooks and the wallets immediately. So when they hear that unemployment is the lowest it's been in 40 years at 3.5 percent, that there's been record job creation. That one thing I thought you were going to bring up, Stephanie, was a couple of weeks back, the largest in cost of living adjustment in Social Security in 40 years at 8.7 percent. And no, the only way I know about it is because I saw a little news blurb. Uh, in the Washington yeah, Post, uh, but none of this get none of this gets out of there. But I'm going to push back on you because I want to give you some numbers. Right now, Republicans yeah. are flooding the airwaves with advertisements specifically about inflation. They have spent 53 million bucks on it. Democrats have only spent 10 million dollars on it. And on the economy, Democrats are being outspent 16 million to 5 million. So we can't just say, well, Rep Democrats are trying to talk about it. You know, they've got Fox News against them. Look at the numbers. Republicans are spending huge yeah. money talking about the economy and Democrats aren't. And they should should and they can. Uh, okay, You're absolutely Jonathan. right. You're absolutely right, Stephanie. You, I you are lots absolutely of time right, for Stephanie, you to say I'm absolutely I, right. I just want you to say that over and over. Michael, what do you think? Jonathan is right in terms of the the what the administration's done and and we've talked about that, but they haven't talked about it. They haven't talked about it. They I don't I don't get the messaging here. There's there's 13 days left. Uh, and we're still having a conversation about what they haven't spent money on to get their voters to the polls and to, and to help the American people understand what what's at stake here. I mean, this is there are two pillars here. There's the economy and there's democracy. And, and you link those two pillars together. And you build a campaign off of that. You you acknowledge the pain that Americans are feeling because of high gas prices or inflation or whatever economically is going on in their home because it's not equal. 
there's some areas and communities where they don't feel the pain as much as some others, but it's, but we're all in this together. And I think we have to, we have to hear an administration make the case that we're all in this together. And, and the second and, and equally important part is the reason we are all in this together to feel the economic pinch sometimes and to feel the stress and strains of, of economic growth coming out of COVID is because we are a country that's united, e pluribus unum. We just went through a horrifying, a horrific event on January 6th where when some of our country thought less of the rest of us, they thought less of the rest of us and tried to overthrow this democracy. So put them together because you can't have one without the other. You can't have a, a, an economy where we all begin to prosper and grow without a, dem, a democratic principles that gird that. And those democratic principles give you the opportunity to, to create the economy for the future. Make the friggin' case. Now, uh, Michael Steele is absolutely right. right. Yes, uh, they, the Republic, Democrats have not been speaking the economic message because I think they are fearful because of inflation. But there's a very positive economic message to tell. Yes, inflation is high. But you know what? Cost of living is going up for uh, for the Social Security recipients and people are getting increases in their in their wages. Yes, it doesn't match inflation exactly, but eventually it will as they merge back down together. But the thing about it is the last GDP numbers that came out showed a very, very good picture. And if Democrats run on it along with the women reproductive issues, along with the healthcare issues, how can you lose? But you have got to be assertive and let folks know that these other guys are going to take it away. They're going to make sure that you don't get what's your due. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Anyway, Peggy Lopez is my friend in Alaska. is planning a trip here in January, having my car checked out to see if my mechanic thinks the old beast will make it to Texas and South Dakota. Road trip. And you know, you can, you, you got a place here, girl. Road trip. If you come to Texas, we're, but you know the problem when you say you come to Texas, Texas is huge. 1,000 miles from one end to the other. But anyhow, we're here in Texas, Houston area. So if you get anywhere close to the Houston area, come give us a visit. Uh, Persuasive Barrier says abortion should be argued. Whoa. Abortion should be argued as a pocketbook issue. Pregnancy and costs of raising kids 18 plus years is huge. A much bigger issue than gas. True. Peggy Lopez also uh, says Democrats are stuck in the pattern of holding the country in the new right. The GOP has achieved until the GOP regains power so they can move further to the right. No further right for democracy. I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. And I think it starts with like what we call the neoliberals. Uh, E2247 says we are not all in it together. Some are more privileged than others. Robert Davenport says Michael Steele has been most of his political career being part of the problem, standing up for what is new, uh, what he knew was wrong for America, but not good for him. Remember the liars when they smile in your face. I will remember. In other words, I am not going to be there supporting him when he runs for governor. But I tell you what, I sure can use his help right now, and I'm 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 very. Uh, thankful for it. 
Carl Cox says, I said it before, Republicans are working to destroy America democracy by any means. Metzer, uh, Bridge MCP says, there is a law signed into office blocking cities from defunding the police and Texas has spent millions on border security. True. Nanette Bird-Smith, I don't think I saluted you. Continued poverty contributes to crime. Absolutely so. We collectively need to legislate to lift up working people instead of the rich receiving all the breaks. Exactly. If somebody's working full time, they should be able to have their basic needs met. Absolutely so. Actually, Egberto, conservative worry about finances and ways to pay for things. Maybe have a balanced approach to things. No. The only balanced budget we've had since uh, since the last one was under Bill Clinton. Okay? Ronald Reagan exploded the budget. Let's repeat. Ronald Reagan exploded the budget. Uh, uh, Bush, number one, increased taxes to say, I am going to bring down, uh, I'm going to try to bring down some of this budget deficit that my predecessor, Ronald Reagan, did. And then Clinton came into power and he created many more taxes to bring the deficit in order. And by the time, by the time Clinton left office, there was a surplus in the, when you look at the chart, there was a surplus. Let's be careful here. Budget deficit and national debt are two different things. Our national debt keeps growing and keeps getting amortized. Okay. But our deficit, the amount of money over our budget that we spend, or rather over, over the amount we take in under Clinton, it went to zero, actually below zero. And then Bush won over Gore. And we started not to have balanced budgets again. We started the rat race into budget deficits again. And then Bush tanked the economy. And of course, when when Obama came in, he had a lot of work to do, which meant more deficits. Then, of course, Donald Trump comes in and he blew it up by giving a tax cut, a ridiculous tax cut. These are not... I've written all of this in my book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. These are facts. These are numbers you can go look up. These are stories you can go find. Clinton was the last person to budget, to balance the American budget. Look it up. Uh, Bill Clinton, and, what, and, and also Bill Clinton was the president that had the highest number of jobs created before Joe Biden. Look it up. Look it up. These are facts that are right there for everybody to see. All right. Uh, let's see. Today, I listened to Rachel Maddow's podcast, number four, uh, talking about the Republican congressman who was in cahoots with the Nazi spy. Very interesting story. Yeah. I mean, uh, she has a new podcast. So you liked it, uh, Melissa Noble. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Melissa. Uh, Let's see, Nanette. Uh, Melissa, I hope you're going to our Houston Peace and Justice Center dinner. Uh, this, uh, sign up. Go to hpjc.org to sign up. I will be there. I'll be there videoing all the um, events. We have a lot. We're, we're, we, we have Dr. Um, in fact, let me go ahead and put that on the screen for you guys to see. Because we have some very great personalities, hpjc.org, coming to our Houston Peace and Justice Center. I'm actually the communications director for this particular organization. So let's go ahead and put that on the screen real quick before we end the show. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Go ahead and put that baby here. 
Why aren't you doing it? Let's go to English, I guess. Uh, it was in Spanish. Here we go. It's called the 2022 Peacemaker Awards Ceremony Dinner. The National Peacemaker Award is going to Ruben Jonathan Miller. But check out these other local awardees. Maria Elena Botassi. Uh, we also have Dr. Peter Hotes. That's that's getting honored. You see Peter Hotes on TV all the time. We also have the Dean of the House of the, the, the House in Texas, Senate State Senator Representative Senfronia Thompson. She will she's one of our honorees, and of course, Lenora Walker. So, folks, let me tell you, we have oh, I didn't put that on the screen yet. Come on, Egberto. I better I better repeat it. Our honoree is National Peacemaker Awardee is Dr. Ruben Jonathan Miller. Uh, he is uh uh, he, he will be at the, the keynote speaker at the dinner already. We also have Maria Elena Botassi and Dr. Peter Hotes, who you all know, and the great state representative, Senfronia Thompson. She will be at that event as well as one of our honoree. Okay, let's see what else I got. Motto Podcast is outstanding. Everything Motto does is outstanding and persuasive. But sorry, you have to go. Actually, we got to go too. Thank you for having been here. We got to close this baby down. Um, before we go, though, I want to thank you all for uh, spending some time here with Politics Done Right. Uh, we intend to keep up uh, the work. Please remember to give us whatever support you can. We simply cannot do this without you. And one Davenport says the only budget surpluses have been under Democratic administrations, never under Republican clowns in modern history. Still trust them. Thanks. Still have a good weekend. Great. And, and that's what people, you know, the, the, the reality is so different from the Republican rhetoric, but they figure you lie, you lie and say the same thing over enough. People start to believe you, you know, but that is the reality. Anyhow, folks, please support the program. Go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Provide whatever support you can. Alternatively, you can go to politicsandright.com slash Patreon, right? But uh, one, of the, one of our preferred methods as well, uh, you can find all our support links at politicsandright.com slash support. My name, thanks for good week. PDR Posse, thank you guys. Thank you guys so kindly for the, 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 the assistance in making sure we get all this stuff distributed. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Unright, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.